excuse me, welcome back to another episode of the Lonesome Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, and I am just overflown with excitement to the point where I jumped out of a six-story building with the fact that you are here joining me today to listen to this podcast, taking time out of your precious day, and I just want to say thank you for that. So let's jump right into this, right? Uh, If you are a new viewer here, if this is your first time listening, I shouldn't have said viewer, if this is your first time listening, first time listener, uh, I just need to give a quick disclaimer, all right? This really is going to be one of the more personal, the more... um, in depth about my uh, past type of podcast. It's not going to be me talking about everything I've been through like a life story, but it is going to be me talking about my experience in the LDS uh, Mormon church, right? Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into this in just a minute, right? We're only like 53 seconds into the podcast, but um, yeah, we're going to be talking about some deep stuff. I just want to give that disclaimer if you're new here. And uh, if you get really, really touchy subject, uh, touchy and sensitive to some little boring crap, then uh, just be careful when you listen to this. So let's just jump into this, right? I want to start off by talking about my experience in the LDS Church. For those of you who don't know what the LDS Church is or what it stands for, right? Uh, or if you just don't live in Utah, for, for example, right? Um, LDS Church. LDS means Latter-day Saints. I to be honest with you, I don't even know what Latter-day Saints means. I always thought it said like later-day saints, like in the last days type of things, right? Um, but yeah, Latter-day Saints, the, 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 the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is what it's called, the LDS Church, otherwise pronounced as people who are in it are called Mormons too, right? We've all heard those. You'll see different like missionaries walking, to, walking down every neighborhood going door-to-door like they're the government trying to get you to take the vaccine, right? They're like, hi, I'm Elder Johnson and my, I'm Elder Tyler and uh, we're here today. Can we tell you about our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Like that's the one thing that I, that I completely love and respect about missionaries is the fact that they want to do the, uh, you know, they want to talk about Jesus. Like, I love that. But I don't know if they should be going door to door to door to door to door, harassing people to the point where like they, you know, if it's hard to say no, right? Um, and then they condemn them for like not wanting to talk, right? It's like, dude, I'm at the park right now with my kids. Now, there's a time and place for everything, you know? Um, yeah, so that's, that's just that. But if you've ever seen like missionaries, if you ever had them show up to your door, or if you're walking down the street and you see two of them or whatever, sometimes they walk in a group. Um, those guys are most likely Mormon, um, LDS members, right? And you don't have to live in Utah because Utah is the biggest place for like, you know, it's literally called the Mormon state for a reason. Um, it, you don't have to live in Utah to be Mormon or believe in Jesus in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You could live in, like, Switzerland. You could live in uh, Great Britain. You could live in Scotland. You could live in any country, any state, anywhere um, to believe in Jesus. And you don't even have to be part of a religion to believe in Jesus. I classify myself as Christian, and I haven't been to church in seven years. But I have a closer relationship with Jesus than I ever did in the church, right? So let's get into this, okay? When I was a kid... Um, I think I was about, what was I, like six or seven years old um, when my mom introduced me to uh, church, right, Mormon church. Uh, It was shortly after um, my dad passed away when I started going. And uh, I always was like forced to go to church and I looked at it as like, okay, and a lot of people look at it now, like what I'm about to say, a lot of you are going to be like, wait, what? 
So, like, I always looked at church as, okay, I, this is the reason why I'm going to heaven because I go to church, right? I attend church, and that's just that, you know? And a lot of people think that. They're like, okay, if I attend church every every Sunday and I go to, like, young men's or young women's or I go to Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or I go to uh, the activities that the church has for me, therefore I am saved. Here's a newsflash for you. You're not saved if you do that. If you base your, if you base your salvation around a works-based salvation, that is not going to get you saved. You might as well just be as condemned as the devil. But I'm not here to tell you whether or not you're going to hell. I'm here to tell you what's going to get you into heaven and what's going to get you into hell, right? And that right there, putting your works above the grace of God is going to get you into hell, right? So double check your steel bevel saw when you look at that stuff, man. If you say, okay, well, I've done a bunch of good works, you know, so therefore I'm a good person. And on judgment day, God's going to be like, yeah, you did a bunch of good things. Therefore, I'm going to heaven. No, that's not how it works, bro. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life for a reason. All right. He meant it. He didn't say I'm the way, the truth, and the life, but also you got to do some things to, you know, get yourself into heaven, right? Yes, you should repent. Yes, you should turn away from your sins. Yes, you should pray to God. Yes, you should absolutely have faith in Jesus because that's the will of the Father. And whoever does not do the will of the Father will not enter heaven, right? In the LDS church, the reason why I left so many years ago, it was a multitude of reasons, but the biggest one that I really got away from it is because the LDS church capitalizes on religion over relationship with God. It's religion with God over relationship with God. I want you to think about what I'm about to say, okay? This, this, this is the scariest quote in the Bible, okay? Some of you have heard this on my podcast before. Some of you are about to hear it for the first time, right? But the scariest quote in the Bible is when God is speaking to Christians on judgment day, when he says, depart from me, I never knew you, ye of lawlessness. There's some trans- uh, translations in there that say, depart from me, uh, <clears throat> I never knew you, ye of iniquity, uh, depart into the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels, right? Because that's what hell was prepared for in the first place. The devil and his stupid, pathetic angels who followed him out of there, uh, followed him out of heaven, right? Um, it's not built for humans alone, it's built for the devil, specifically the devil and his angels. That's why he says, depart from me into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You get the point, right? So that's basically God is saying, right? Let's run through this one more time. Depart from me. I never knew you. That's him. That's him talking to us. He says, depart from me, meaning we're going to, you know, I'm sick of this. Depart from me. I never knew you, meaning you never had a relationship with Jesus. You never had a relationship that will get you into heaven. You know the old saying goes, it says, broad and wide is the gate to destruction, right? The gate to hell. And small and narrow is the gate to heaven, and few will find it. Make every effort to enter that gate, because fuel, few, not fuel, <laughs> few will find it, Right? You see, here's the thing that a lot of Mormons are going to do on Judgment Day. And if you're Mormon, I'm not trying to, like, target you in, in particular, and I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to tell you this is what a lot of people are going to do. Not even Mormons. A lot of people are going to do this, especially rich people, okay? They're going to say, but God, I did so many good things, right? I did so many things in your name. I was a pastor, and I preached, I preached to people in your name. I cast out many demons. I did. I performed exorcisms and cast out demons out of people in your name. I saved people in your name. I did many good works in your name. I did everything in my life 
in your name. And God's just going to sit there and say, yes, you did. You're absolutely right about that. You're 100% correct. But here's the problem. Works aren't going to get you into heaven. You sitting there and giving a homeless man $500,000 and a good meal from McDonald's is not going to get you into heaven, okay? I mean, donating money to charity is not going to get you into heaven. Holding the door open for your wife every time when she walks into a restaurant with you is not going to get you into heaven, okay? Serving the people around you every single day of your life still won't get you into heaven. It's good works. Yes, you're, you're right about that, but that's not going to get you into heaven. Jesus said, I am the way to heaven, the truth about everything, because he is the truth. He's the literal word of God, right? The living son of God. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, eternal life, right? When I talk to people, I say, my salvation, my eternal life is not in me alone. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus because we, when we believe in Jesus, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior and accept the gift of eternal life, it is the gift of God <clears throat> of eternal life, not of works, lest no man should boast. It is the gift of eternal life, right? Not of works. You know, that's what Mormons don't, they don't understand that. And I want to point out, actually, I want to point out two challenges here before we jump into this podcast episode. If you are Mormon and you're listening to this, okay, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to target you. I'm not here to tell you how much of a piece of crap you are. I'm here just to talk to you, all right? And I know you might feel a little bit intimidated with some of the points I'm going to bring up, but I want you to understand that I'm not here to tell you that you're a satanic piece of crap. No, I'm not doing that. I'm simply here to ask you and talk to you and kind of conversate with you on the points that I'm going to bring up. So don't feel intimidated. Don't feel judged, persecuted, etc. Just sit down, have a beer and relax. Okay. So let's get into this. I have two challenges for you Mormons out there. Okay. Two challenges, especially if you're a missionary, I want you to pay close attention to what the heck I'm about to talk about. Okay. Challenge number one. Okay. How can Mormons believe, and this is all coming from the book of Mormon, by the way, how can Mormons believe that God has a body of flesh and bone when the Bible teaches that God is pure spirit, right? The, or not the Bible, the book of Mormon does teach and it flat out says this too, that God is a God of flesh and bone. He has flesh and bones just like us, like a resurrected body. He has flesh and bone just like us. However, in the Bible, not only does it say that God is pure spirit, God is, God is actually considered the invisible God for a reason. He does not have flesh and bone. Okay, Jesus does, but God the Father is a, is a, a, a being of pure, eternal, raw righteous power. He is a pure spirit. He is an eternal spirit. He is an all-living, all-knowing, omnipresent, omni-knowing, and above all, omni-loving spirit. That's why they that's why we call him the heavenly father because he's not an earthly father that will beat you with a, you know, beat you with a belt when you do something wrong. No, when he when we do something wrong to God, instead he he doesn't sit there and say, wow, you're a piece of crap. I don't like you. You go to your room. No, he helps us and he helps us overcome what we've done wrong because Jesus has overcome the world, right? So to you Mormons out there that do read your uh, Book of Mormon and idolize it more than you idolize the Bible, which I think is extremely disrespectful to God. Talk about being a hypocrite, right? How can Mormons believe that God has a body of flesh and bone when the Bible teaches that God is pure spirit and that he has the God, he has an invisible God in a way, right? Blessed is the man who believes but does not see. You know what I mean? Have faith. 
And the second challenge before we jump into this podcast episode is how can Mormons believe that God was once a man who became God when the Bible teaches that God cannot change? Not only does the Bible teach that God cannot change, but God is an eternal God. Before Genesis, before God created the heavens and the earth, before God created angels, before he created even any demons, before there even it was any, God was still here. People often say, well, where was God before the Big Bang, right? Because before the Big Bang, there was nothing. Well, you see, here's the thing. This is what Mormons really don't get. This is, this, they don't want to talk about this, okay? God is outside of time, space, and matter. We have three principles in, 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 in astronomy, astrophysics, and that is time, space, and matter, right? Time, meaning, right? Time, <laughs> you know. What time do you need to get this done, right? Space, meaning where are you going to put the planets, right? You got, you got the matter, the matter, like time, space, and matter, right? Without time, when are you going to put the matter in the space? Without space, where are you going to put the matter, right? And without matter, what's going to go in the space and when are you going to put it there? See, time, space, and matter is a three equal continue, continued delibrium that God is not affected by. If he was affected by time, space, and matter, he would be inside our universe walking with us right now, right? Granted, there is God in everything that we see. There's like every single atom, there's a piece of God in it, right? He's literally in everything because he's created it, you know? But God himself is not in our visible universe. People often say, oh, the universe is roughly, you know, uh, what was it, like 500 trillion um, light years across? I said, no, the universe is probably beyond the boundaries of what we can, we can measure, right? Um, Mormons don't really talk about that stuff. They sit here and think that, you know, the three kingdoms and, and how the celestial kingdom, which we'll get into, is the highest kingdom in heaven, right? They have three kingdoms in heaven. The highest kingdom is, is our sun, well, here's the thing that you Mormons really don't pay attention to. There are, there are stars in the universe that are so freaking big compared to our sun that if you took the largest star that we figured out, that we've like found, this star is so big that it surpasses the orbit of Neptune. And for those of you who don't know astronomy, the orbit of Neptune is billions of billions of billions of miles away from the sun. So far away, it's farther than Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, uh, Mars, Earth, Mercury, and Venus combined. It is far out there. It's not as far as Pluto, but it's definitely far out there, right? Um, ever since it's been discovered, Neptune hasn't completed a single orbit around the sun. That should just say how far away it is, right? And people sit here and say that the highest kingdom of God is the sun, when there are far bigger suns out there that are bigger than our sun, meaning that if our sun is a kingdom and those other suns are equivalent to a kingdom, there's a higher kingdom out there, greater kingdom out there than God's kingdom. That is extremely controversial. Uh, controver What's it called? Contradic contradictory? I can't pronounce the right pronunciation because I, there's just moments out of my day where I just turn dyslexic and I'm just like, I might as well shut my mouth forever. So, you know what I mean? Um, so let's just, let's officially jump into this right before I start going on topic to topic to topic to topic, okay? As I said, when I was a kid, I joined the Mormon church, right? I was baptized and I still hold on to that. That's the one part of the LDS church that I will absolutely forever hold on to is the fact that I was baptized at the age of eight and received the Holy Spirit when I was young, okay? 
I was baptized, received the Holy Spirit, and I've never let it go. I love the Holy Spirit. It's directed me, it's taught me, and it's helped me, and it's guided me throughout my entire life, especially recently. So the Holy Spirit I was baptized with, right? Um, growing up, I was kind of forced to go to church, and a lot of you can relate to that. It's like, well, it's Sunday. I got to get up and go to church at 9 o'clock. Oh, boy, this is going to be difficult. You know, back when I went to church, instead of having it for like one and a half, two hours, they had it for four hours straight. Not even joking. Imagine going to church for four hours and just sitting there, you know. They did uh, they did sacrament for two hours, and then another two hours they did uh, like, like uh, primary school or they did uh, young men's. For me, it was young men's. They did young women's too. Like they did all that stuff, right? It was a boring, boring time. And you really, it was just a waste of time because all I remember going and doing was sitting there and listening to lessons that I never really took to heart, right? Um, I, I actually, I think about nowadays, like maybe I should go to church like one time and go through the entire process again. Like even though I'm old enough to, I'm, I'm like older than a weeblow by, by 10 years and I'm older than like a deacon and all that stuff. But like what if I went and just like sat down in a young men's class and just see all that I went through and try to mitigate how much I really didn't listen and care, right? So here's what I'm trying to say. Like it was just not bringing me closer to God. A lot of you who do go to Mormon uh, Mormon church, LDS church, I shouldn't say Mormon church. That's that's kind of a stereotype. I'm sorry. Um, LDS church, pardon my language, but LDS church, uh, you guys sit here and, and put religion over relationship. Let me tell you something, okay? And I know you're going to argue with me, but you need to listen. Having and believing in any religion, Catholic, Buddhist, um, Mormon, Christian, let me tell you something. You can believe in whatever freaking religion you want to believe in. That's not going to get you into heaven, buddy. And I'm not trying to be like that guy, but it really isn't. What's going to get you into heaven and what's going to get you to stay in heaven, right, is believing and having a personal and loving relationship with Jesus, right? It's more just a personal relationship because that is loving, you know? Having, I mean, just that's just it. Just having a relationship with Jesus is what gets you into heaven. Jesus once said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody, nobody goes to the Father except through me, right? Nobody. He meant it. Nobody goes to the Father except through him, you know? He is the only way to get to the Father. Think of it like this, right? In your head, think about it like this. God is in heaven and man is on earth, right? God's in heaven, man is on earth. Jesus is in between heaven and earth to be the mediator, the medium between God and man, right? The only way for man to ever reach God in heaven, they can't do it by themselves. They can't launch a thousand you know, SpaceX rockets to Mars and say, hey, we, we found God. No, the only way to get to God is through Jesus. He is the medium. He is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life for a freaking reason. Not your stinking religions that I guarantee God would condemn. And, and if he came back nowadays, he'd say, all right, well, let's see uh, how much your religions can get you into heaven on judgment day, right? All of your good works you speak of, how much of those are going to get you in heaven? They're not. And if you want to sit here and take God to court, good luck, buddy. It's really going to be difficult, right? You're taking the God of the universe to court. You think that you can win. Give me a break. Seriously, stop that. It's embarrassing. It's annoying, you know? Um, yeah, I, I completely 
lost touch with God when I was in the LDS church. And it wasn't because I hated God. It was because the church was just teaching about useless, and excuse my language, it was teaching about useless bullshit that I never took to heart. Never, never took to heart, right? The Book of Mormon being the biggest one. People sit here and say, oh my gosh, the Book of Mormon is just a, it's an addition to, you know, the Bible. It's another, te- it's literally called another testament of Jesus Christ, Right? Even though in the ending of Revelation, Jesus himself, or maybe it was John, said, if anybody adds on to the things that are said in this book or takes away, God would double, or it was like double, you know, the plagues that are in this book or take away their part in the tree of life in the new earth, right? I mean, seriously, that's what it was, you know? Now, with that being said, I'm not saying that the Book of Mormon is satanic. I'm not saying that the Book of Mormon is pagan. I'm not saying that the Book of Mormon is full of shit. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trying to say that there are parts, and there's a lot of parts, of the Book of Mormon that are contradictory to the Bible. There are parts of the Book of Mormon that put God lower than he already is. Consider this. Who was that one guy? There was a president of uh, the, the LDS Church. He said that as, as – uh, I have it right here actually. Um, let's see. Oh, it was as God, you know, as God is, man will become. And as man once, you know, as man is right now, God once was. Meaning, you know, God was once a man like we are. God was once a mortal man who became God. And as man is now, right, we are mortal men and women on a planet that is extremely mortal, right? We will become like God. We will become like God. We will become gods ourselves. See, here's the thing that I think about in the Bible, right? Jesus said that we must become children of God in order to enter heaven, right? We must become as children. The reason being is because when we get resurrected and after judgment day and after God creates the new heavens and the new earth, right? We are not going to be gods ourselves and create planets and go and, you know, harvest multiverses. No, we're not going to be a type X civilization, right? I'm not trying to use the Kardashev scale too much here because I, I don't want to start talking about aliens, but we're not going to be a type X civilization. What we're going to be is an eternal civilization united under God. We are going to be children of God. I want you to picture God in your head right now, and I want you to picture if God had children, what would they look like, right? You are one of those children, you know? God had God has one son Jesus Christ, right? But we are adopted into God's family. We are sons and daughters of God. We are like I I can't just go out on the street and say I'm the son of God. I'm the living son of God cuz then I'd be putting myself as Jesus, right? But with that said, the Book of Mormon teaches that we will become gods of our own. We will be able I don't they teach that like every, like People who reached a celestial kingdom, which is the highest kingdom out of the three in the Book of Mormon, don't they teach that, like, we'll have our own planet, you know? Like, okay, I understand that, like, it would be cool to have your own planet Jupiter, planet Mars, or planet Earth. Like, I understand that. But what's the purpose of that? Okay? Finite. A finite man, a fi- not man, finite mind cannot comprehend what heaven is like. People who've had near-death experiences and have quoted to seen heaven all have one thing missing they haven't seen all of it a lot of them say god allowed me to see a speck of what heaven was like and they said it was the most amazing thing ever right but they haven't seen what the full spectrum of heaven is like i believe that heaven 
in the terms of the Bible instead of the Book of Mormon is not three stinking kingdoms, you know, and, and just if you did if you did certain amount of good things in life, oh yeah, there you go, right? You go to the lowest one, you go to the middle one, you go to the top one. No. I believe that heaven is one place, that heaven is a place of eternal dwelling, eternal happiness, eternal joy, and it is also the place where God currently dwells, right? But get this, okay? Get this. The Book of Mormon doesn't talk about this. In Revelations, in the Bible, the last, last part of the Bible, it teaches, the former earth and heavens will pass away, right? But then God will create a new heavens and a new earth, right? And that new earth, by the way, not to get too far into this, but that new earth is supposed to be effing huge, right? Uh, the holy city is supposed to be like 400 miles high. I want you to think about how high the International Space Station is orbiting the earth. The ISS orbits the earth at like 325 miles above the earth. 400 freaking miles for a city alone? That's pretty, golly, that's huge, right? So that new earth has probably got to be the size of like Jupiter or the size of Neptune. It's got to be a big planet, right? Um Especially if you're fitting every single human that has lived ever since Adam and Eve up to modern day, right? That's billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of people, perhaps even trillions of people. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. Billions of people, right? On one planet. It, you can't fit, we can't even fit 10 billion people on this planet without everybody going nuts, right? I mean, it's got to be a giant planet. It's got to be the size of like Cybertron or Krypton or like something in like a fictional movie like Transformers, right? It's got to be a big, it's got to be a big flipping planet, you know? So that whole thing. Joseph Smith, any of you who are LDS, you, I say Joseph Smith, you sit there and get a boner. You already know who that is, right? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, he had a vision. I believe this too. I, a lot of people will say this isn't true. It is true. I believe this. G, uh, Joseph Smith had a vision in a garden. Uh, it was I don't know if it's the Garden of Gethsemane. I can't. I don't remember this whole thing about where he had it. But he had a vision in a garden, basically, um, where he saw God and he saw the Son appear to him in the spirit, right? And a bunch of stuff like that happened. I believe that. Joseph Smith did see something in, in, in that vision and stuff and then these things. There's uh, some teachings. I don't know if it's in the Pearl of Great Price. I doubt that it is, but there's some teachings that Joseph Smith had a vision of the three kingdoms, right? Let's get into this. This is what the Mormon, uh, Book of Mormon, the, the LDS Church, That's this is, this is what they teach the most about heaven, right? They teach that there are three kingdoms in heaven. The highest one being the celestial kingdom, right? The second one being lower than that is the terrestrial kingdom and then the one below that which is the lowest of them besides outer darkness which is hell is the telestial kingdom right celestial terrestrial and telestial kingdom now let's just quickly run through these okay if you're mormon and you know about this just stay put celestial kingdom is where the father resides that's where the father is right it's where the father and jesus are okay this is why i left the Oh, I almost just said something bad. This is why I have the friggin' church, okay? They make it seem like the only way to get to the highest kingdom is a bitch-ass competition to get there. It pisses me off to the point where I just, it drives me nuts, okay? In order to get there, you have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? And you have to get married and sealed in the temple 
to be exalted there, right? Because marriage is, and this is true, by the way, marriage is the most personal, just the most, it's the pinnacle of how two human beings can become one spirit, right? Because sex through marriage is how you bring two spirits together to be one, right? And me personally, I would like to share my experience in heaven with a wife, my wife, not a wife, my wife, rather than just share it by myself, right? It's the same mentality of it's better to enter heaven with one arm than it is to enter hell with two arms. It's better to enter heaven with one eye than it is to enter hell with two eyes, right? So that's what I'm just trying to say. So that's the celestial kingdom, right? You got to get married and, and sealed in the temple and you got to be baptized. And quite frankly, you got to just, you know, endure to the end and then you'll hopefully make it, right? But nowhere in there does it say you got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Nowhere in there does it say you need to accept the grace of God, the gift of eternal life, which is a gift from God, not of works, lest no man should boast. The second kingdom, the terrestrial kingdom, basically explains that, yes, we'll see Jesus, but we won't live with him. We won't dwell with him. We'll see angels, but we won't be able to live with Jesus, right? The third kingdom is the one that really broke me away from the church the hardest. And the reason why is because it 100% contradicts the Bible. It contradicts it so hard that it's almost comical. It's laughable. Ready? The lowest one, the telestial kingdom, says that people will not see Jesus or the heavenly father. There is a quote in the Bible that Jesus was directly speaking to us. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. That where I am, you may be also. He says, I go now to prepare a place for you. That where I am, I will receive you unto myself and you may be with me also. How does the telestial kingdom, if that's a part of heaven, where it says people will not see Jesus or the heavenly father. How does that go? Like you want to take God to court and argue with God? You seriously want to do that. So you want to sit here and say, people in that kingdom will not see jesus or the heavenly father that's bullshit dude and excuse my language but that is bullshit you shouldn't be teaching people that that's so wrong you want to know why because jesus himself said where i am you may be also am i wrong is the bible wrong really because your book of mormon is right oh come on dude come on man really it, this drives me nuts. Like, it, it, it shoots me th right through the head, you know? I mean, how can, you, how can you be in heaven and not see Jesus or the Father? Answer my question, Mormons. How can you be in heaven but not see Jesus or the Heavenly Father? What works do you got to do in order to get into heaven? Because if there was a work that you could do to get into heaven besides accepting the grace of God, accepting eternal life from God as a gift, and accepting him as your Lord and Savior, if there was, a, if there was something other than that that would get you into heaven, every single freaking human on the planet, even those who don't believe in God, would do that, right? Oh, you need to make a million dollars to get into heaven, right? Oh, you need to... Uh, you need to do a bunch of good works to get into heaven. You need to help 5,000 people in your lifetime to get into heaven. You need to do this, that, or the other thing. You know, back to what I said about the million dollars thing. You want to know, you know, you know a stupid tip, right? In Miami, if you have a million dollars, you're considered broke, right? Oh, yeah, you're a millionaire? Pfft, you're broke, bro. Get, get real, right? I mean, seriously. Like, heaven is not a place. It's not a competition to get there. And I have been waiting. I have been waiting 
to make this podcast episode to say this, what I'm about to say. I've been waiting so long to say this, so long to say this. God condemns favoritism. God, listen to me, Mormons. God condemns favoritism. Listen to me, Mormons. God condemns fucking favoritism. He hates it. That's why he didn't sit there and say, okay, I mean, Satan, you're out of heaven, right? Because you rebelled against me, but you, because you're, you followed Satan, but you can stay. No, he said, anybody who supports Satan, get your asses out. You're gone. Bye. He didn't say, okay, Satan, you go, you're, you're out already, but you, okay, you follow him. Okay. You can stay though, because I like you. No, he didn't say that. Right? Like on judgment day, God is a just God. He's not going to sit there. Like Jesus isn't going to sit there and say, okay, well, like you accepted me as your Lord and Savior, but I don't like you because you killed somebody. So yeah, you're just going to hell. No, he's not going to do that. Right? He has forgiven killers. He's forgiven. I guarantee you, if Hitler tried, he would forgive Hitler. I, I mean, seriously. And granted, Hitler's a piece of shit. I hope he burns in hell for eternity for all he's done. Don't get me wrong. But if Hitler had the chance on earth, he very well could have been forgiven by God if he didn't already, right? Like this is not, this is not reality. Teaching that people in heaven will not see Jesus or see the heavenly father. It pisses me off because it's like, dude, you're telling people that if they don't get to like at least one of the two higher kingdoms, they're not going to heaven and they're not going to see Jesus. They're not going to see God. And it makes them feel like crap. That's what made, that's what, that's how the, that's how the friggin' LDS church made me feel like crap. It makes it feel like a dumb competition. And guess what? Newsflash. It's not a competition. Getting to heaven is, look, this is why, this is probably why God hasn't had Jesus come back yet. Is because he wants everybody to be saved, right? Like granted, not everybody's going to be saved. There's going to be a lot of people going to hell. Seriously. But. That doesn't mean that God's just going to send Jesus back right now and say, all right, screw the rest of the people. No, he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. You see, this is the problem that Mormons have, and they never, ever answer this. I've asked so many Mormons this, and they all just sit here and cower behind the Book of Mormon. They don't talk. They sit there and be pussies. They don't talk about this, right? They sit here and say, oh, well, uh, you know, it's, it's just getting married and, and, and enduring to the end and getting baptized and stuff like that. It's like, no, that's not going to get you into heaven alone. And if you want to sit here and believe in the celestial kingdom, go ahead. I'm not judging you for that. I'm judging you for the fact that you want to twist God's words out of context and then sit here and say that God's wrong. You want to sit here and say that the Bible is wrong and that the Book of Mormon is right. The Book of Mormon is right and the Bible is wrong. I mean, really, right? If the Book of Mormon says that God is, is a God of flesh and bones, why does the Bible say that God is a pure spirit? They won't answer me. They'll sit there and say, oh, I don't know. They never answer me, right? I mean, how can we believe that God once was who man is when God can't change? God has always been an eternal God. He is a supreme singularity. He is the highest of the highs, right? Like people sit here and say, oh, God's just, he just wants people to worship him. No, he wants to be, he wants to love you and he wants you to love him. Like this is the problem that atheists have specifically. They're like, well, why does God like, why does a loving God send people to hell? It's like, well, you got the question mixed up, right? Why would people choose hell over a loving God, right? See, God doesn't, you know, he doesn't sit here and, and say, okay, you're a bad person. You go to hell. No, he sends people to hell who didn't accept him, right? 
And for you Mormons out there who have, a, who have trouble accepting the grace of God, let me tell you this, right? The whole reason why I personally accepted Jesus after I left the Mormon church was because I realized that it is not of my own works as to why I'm going to heaven, right? The, the, the LDS church teaches in a way, they say, you need to work for your salvation, when in all reality it's you need to work out your salvation. You receive your salvation and then you work it out. You don't work towards your salvation. If that was true, not a single person would be going to heaven. Not Adam and Eve, not Hitler, not Barack Obama, not myself, not your mom, not your freaking cat, nobody. Nobody would be going to heaven, right? The only people who would be in heaven is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and any angels that never became human. Right? That's all that would be in heaven. Seriously. And I'll say it again. You want to take God to court and you want to argue with God? You. Something's wrong with you, dude. Just letting you know. Right? Some Mormon you got there. Practice what you freaking preach. Because one day you're going to be talking to Jesus about it on Judgment Day. And you're going to be going to court with him. That's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. Stupid. I, it's so stupid, right? Sitting here and trying to, trying to argue with Jesus about his own teachings. It's, so, it's just, excuse my language, but it's retarded. It's stupid. It's stupid. Stupid with a capital S. So let's continue this crap. God, it just drives me nuts. Like looking at my notes, I'm like, how, how, how can people believe this? How can people believe that you can do a certain amount of works and it'll get you into heaven? How can people believe that? It is the grace of God, lest no man should boast, that gets you into heaven. It's not of your own works. You doing a 100,000 good things on earth and then you pass away, it's not going to get you into heaven. You know what? Forget 100,000. You doing a trillion good works on earth, starting off with, I mean, giving, giving homeless, homeless people meals, right? And helping families that really need it. Spending millions of dollars to help people. No amount of money on this planet is going to get you in heaven. It is the grace of God, the freaking grace of God, the gift of eternal life that will get you into heaven. That's why it's called a gift. It's a gift that was paid for when Jesus died and shed blood on the cross. It's a literal, listen to what I'm about to say for you new people here. It's a literal blood-bought gift that was already paid for through Christ's sacrifice on the cross right? And then when he got raised from the dead three days later, when he was resurrected and kicked the crap out of death and sin and completely annihilated it and completely took away the power from Satan, right? To hold death and sin above us. That is when we won. We won through Jesus. We didn't win by ourselves. We won through what Jesus did, right? You know, I said this last episode and I'll say it again. Okay. You Mormons need to listen to this. Okay. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't say, so since I'm the literal son of God, you guys are literally and ethically obligated to serve me. You are literally and ethically obligated to serve me because I am the literal son of God. He didn't say that at all. 
He came to earth and he served others. He came to earth and healed blind men. He came to earth and healed people with paralysis, people with horrible sicknesses, sicknesses that we still have trouble curing today. He came to earth and helped others. He didn't come to earth and say, because I'm the son of God, you guys are required to serve me. No, he didn't do that. Yes, people served him, but he didn't demand it. He didn't say, okay, put me on, put me on a throne and, and bring me water. No, he didn't do that. He came and served people. He fasted and he walked. He kicked the shit out of Satan, right? He did, he did good things to help people, right? But Satanists who are one shade off of being a, you know what, like they're idiots, right? They don't, they don't look at that. They don't sit here and pay attention to that. They think that Jesus came to earth and demanded to be served, right? And for a lot of Mormons out there, they, they practice being their own God. Can I just tell you guys something real quick? In the terms of satanic culture, Satan teaches, like his mantra is, and by the way, I never will follow this because it's the most stupidest term ever, right? Satan's mantra is, thy thou own will be done, right? Like your own will be done, be your own God, right? Excuse me. Be your own God, right? In the Bible, God clearly states, surrender your will to God and he will make your path straight. Am I wrong or am I right? Don't be your own God. Let me tell you something. The reason why people are going to go to hell is, is not to you know suffer because they, they, they freaking killed somebody. Well, it is, but it's not the primary reason. The reason why people are going to go to hell is because they have to atone for their sins, right? They have to suffer the punishment for their sins, you know? Unlike people who believe in God... I was going to say Christians, but not all Christians believe in, in the grace of God, right? They just believe in God so they can get money and stuff. But people who believe in God, believers, you know, they don't go to hell to suffer for their sins because Jesus did it on the cross. That's what I say for myself too. It's like I am not going to hell because Jesus took my punishment. He took my sins. He took my causalities, my casualties, my everything on the cross. So it would if, if I, being a believer in Jesus and accepting his grace, was to go to hell, right? That would be equivalent to, to, to Jesus dumping his wife, dumping his girlfriend, right? After just saving her life. It would be the most stupidest act in history. I guarantee you Jesus himself would kill himself if, if that was the case because it would be such a shameful thing. Even for, even for Jesus, even for him, Right? And I think it's shameful that a lot of you LDS people out here don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about how it's the grace of God that gets you to heaven, right? And when I say heaven, I'm not talking about the three kingdoms. I'm talking about heaven. I'm talking about heaven. We're not talking about kingdoms. We're talking about one kingdom. Where I am, you may be also, saith the Lord. That's what he said, right? He said, I go to prepare a place for you and I will return and take you to that where I am, you may be also. He didn't say, in the telestial kingdom, people will not see Jesus or the heavenly father. Anybody who preaches that, and especially anybody who listens to that, is a fucking moron and an idiot. Because you don't understand. You don't understand the grace of God. You don't understand that heaven is one place. There's not multiple heavens. That's another thing that the, that the Book of Mormon teaches. There's multiple gods. In the Pearl of Great Price, don't they teach that like, there was multiple gods that created the earth, right? Came through heaven and, and created the earth, you know? No, no. I want to tell you a, a small, small side note. Dr. Stephen Greer 
is a brilliant, brilliant man. Okay, smart guy, head of the CE5 contact app. I wish to meet this man. He is a strong, very intelligent man. Okay. He had a, a, a near-death experience when he was a kid um, before he started going and looking about aliens and stuff, right? Extraterrestrial biological life forms. That's the proper term, not aliens, right? But he, uh, he had a, like, a little, uh, little near-death experience, and his body, his consciousness, was taken into space, and two beings that were considered like spirits said to him, look at the beautiful universe that God has created. They didn't say to him, look at the beautiful universe that a bunch of gods created, right? They said, look at the beautiful universe that God has created. When I look up at the night sky, okay, yeah, there's probably a firmament or something. Okay, who gives a rat's ass? I look at the sky and say, those stars have planets out there. There are planets that circle those stars. And on one of those planets is probably, you know, a life form out there that worships God in, a, in, in, in some type of way, right? There's one thing that I love about the Book of Mormon, and that teaches when it was either Nephi or Moroni or somebody, I can't remember, that had a vision when God taught to them on the mount, right? Where God said, behold, I have created worlds without end. There have been many earths that, that have passed away, but many that still stand. You see, the problem with the Book of Mormon in a way is one of the main things that it repeats is it repeats like this narrative that God is not like the only God, but not only is the only God, it repeats like there's a there's an eternal infinite chain of, okay, there's one God and then there's there's man and then man becomes the same God and then they have kids that, you know, start off just like they were and it's just like this confusing infinite chain. So by that logic, God has a grandfather. God has, you know, a father. God has a grandfather. God has a great grandfather. God, you know, and then that one has a. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like that. That God has a has a father, and then that father has a father, and then that one, and that one, that, and it's just like this bullshit infinite chain. Excuse my language. It's just stupid chain that just completely annihilates the purpose of we worship the one and only God. We worship and love and trust in the one and only God, right? There are no other gods before God, right? There's one God in heaven and zero under him, and that's just final. And if you want to take that, if you, if you want to argue with me about that, go read your Bible and then come talk to me. Don't read your Book of Mormon and come talk to me. Go read your Bible and then come talk to me. Because I don't want to sit here and argue with people who just read their Book of Mormon and not idol and, 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 and idolize it, right? You know, to go back to the Three Kingdoms thing too. I mean, seriously, you want to sit here and say that the Earth is the lowest kingdom, and then the uh, the ty, right the uh, the ty, the terrestrial terrestrial I can't pronounce it for the life of me the terrestrial kingdom you know that kingdom. Um, is it represents like the moon or the star, uh, the moon or whatever, and then the celestial kingdom represents like the sun, you know. When in all reality, there are suns out there that are so giant that they are as big as the orbit of Neptune. They're freaking huge, bro. They're massive. They're huge. Okay, so therefore, by your logic, there are kingdoms out there that are bigger. Then God's kingdom. Am I wrong or am I right? Because this is what you're saying, not me. I'm just repeating what you're saying, right? I'm going to do a part two to this uh, 
podcast episode, right? So if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, well, what else? I'll get to it, but I am going to do a part two and it'll be up shortly after this one goes up too. just have to change that for a second. Okay. You know, it'll, it'll be up for a part two, but to kind of conclude this pod podcast episode for a second, right? I just want to talk about the faults in the Mormon church that I, that I really hope that if you are a fault or not a fault, if you are a member of the LDS church, I'm not trying to get you to leave and I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're going to hell. I'm just trying to help you recognize that there are some things that that church needs to get straightened out. There are some things that that church needs to recognize and fix and mitigate, right? First and foremost is favoritism, okay? I'm not going to say who in my family, especially my dad, now that he's dead, um, that is a part of the bishoprics or a part of, you know, the higher ups in the Mormon church. But let's just say this, okay? If you have money, if you are somewhat wealthy, right? They will put you in the, they will put you in the bishopric, right? You have money, they'll put you in it, okay? They don't, they don't look for if you're a righteous man of God. They don't think you're Captain America, okay? They, they look for your, what's your, your wallet. You have money, they will put you up there. They will, right? And that's just that, you know? And another thing, and I'm going to target the young men's thing because I was a part of young men's, is a lot of you young men's that are listening to this right now, I sincerely hope you guys cut the fucking horse shit and start treating each other like you're the same, you know, the same beings, okay? This favoritism crap, it just, it's not going to fly in heaven, you know? Practice what you preach. Some of you in Boy Scouts, some of you in young men's, especially young men's, I just want to slap you across the face sometimes because of how disrespectful you guys become. How disrespectful you guys are to each other. You'll sit here and say, I love Jesus, I love God, I love this and the other thing. And then you'll go and call this person out and, and, and sit here and bring them down. Bully them. Harass them. Make them want to kill themselves. Because you're the popular kid at school. Because you have the rich family. I mean, so, like that's the primary reason why I left Young Men's is because I was getting bullied so much and I was getting like hardcore, you know, bullied. And now I look back and I say, man, if I went back like with the mindset I have now, none of that stuff would have, would have bothered me. But little did I know, like people were directly telling me that I, you know, was an acne filled, you know, cunt right to my face, you know? Like, that's what they were doing. They literally were saying that. That's how it went. So if you are a part of young men's, cut the shit and start being nice to each other and start practicing what you preach. If you can't even do that, you need to just stop going. Young women, same thing to you. I understand. I completely understand this. Women are going to, girls are going to fight. They're going to argue. They're going to gossip. They're going to bitch and complain and moan and groan at each other till the sun rises the next day. I completely get it. I know. I know. I know. Jealousy's a thing. Yes, Veronica stole your boyfriend and you're salty about it. Who gives a rat's ass? It's just a guy and you can do better than that. But at the end of the day, start building each other up. Make amends with each other. Is it that hard to say an apology and move on? Right? Forgive and forget. Start praying to God to help you get over this crap. Stop holding grudges, right? Forgive others as God has forgiven you. It's going to take a minute for you to forgive the person who backstabbed you. Believe me, I understand. Trust me. <laughs> you know, But at the end of the day, you have the capability and you are capable, more than capable, of doing that. Right? If you're a part of the LDS church, knock it off. 
Knock all this bullying crap off. Knock all of this, I'm better than you in every way. You sound just like a narcissist would. You are a narcissist, and that's final, right? You're not your own God. You're not ever going to be your own God. Jesus is your Lord, and God the Father is your God. Well, technically, they're the same thing, right? The Holy Trinity. But at the end of the day, you are not your own God, and that is just that. You are not your own God, right? So stop, cut this little, this little daywalt bullshit where you're trying to bring others down so you can bring yourself higher up. That's the problem with LDS boys, right? They sit here and, and, and put this, this monstrous ego on them that makes them look like a bunch of idiots. They really do. I consider them the Android phones of, of the Mormon church. They're just, the, they're just the suckers, man, right? Low quality who thinks that they're bigger than what they are, right? It's pathetic, and it's sad, right? So if you if you fall into that category, right? Oh, my parents are rich. I was the tight end on the football team. I was this, that, and the other thing. Who gives a fuck? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it doesn't matter. That's why I say who gives a rat's butt, right? Nobody does except for yourself because everybody who you talk to about that stuff, you bring them down and you hurt others to bring yourself up. And then you consider it God's work, right? That's what Satan used to do. He would kill people through diseases and say, I'm doing God's work by eliminating the sinners. When in all reality, God's work is to save the sinners. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Right? Right. But you just want to sit here and say the only way to get to heaven is by doing, getting married and doing a bunch of good things. Yeah, keep believing that. Go ahead. It's pathetic. It's so pathetic. It drives me nuts, man. It drives me. It just drives me batshit crazy because I can't. I can't fathom how people actually understand and believe that. I really can't. It's so wrong. It's extremely wrong. You know. To kind of conclude this part of the this this podcast episode in particular before I upload it, like, if you are Mormon, right? Especially if you live in Utah and the pressure is really on you and you're trying to get out of you know, going to Mormon church. If you live in a Mormon household, a lot of the times when you try to leave the Mormon church, your family can and will condemn you and they will attack you for that. It happened to me, okay? It actually not only happened to me with, with family, it happened to me more, the, more, the, more with friends than it did with family, right? And let me tell you something right now. Are you willing to, well, let me ask you this actually. Are, are you willing to sacrifice a false belief system in order to get closer to God? Are you really scared of what other people would think if you said, I believe in God, right? If you showed up at school, you know, and, 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 the, and the teacher asked, all right, raise your hand if you believe in God, are you going to be ashamed to raise your hand? I mean, seriously, one of the most interesting quotes that I love that Jesus said is, whoever uh, confesses me before man, I will also confess him before the father. But whoever denies me before man, I will deny him before the father. You know, don't be ashamed. If you want to get out of the Mormon church to get closer to God, you need to do it ASAP, man. Right? It's it's that same principle of principal. No, it's the same principle. Vocabulary is wrong. Um, it's the same principle of 
when Jesus said, like, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to look at lustful things, gouge it out, right? He's not saying, yes, literally grab a knife and start sawing your hand off. No, he's saying do erratic things to stop sinning, right? That's what he's saying. He's not saying cut your hand off if it causes you to sin. Now, get a get a saw and start sawing, bro, because you're, you're sinning. No, he's saying do erratic, crazy things to get you to stop sinning. It's the same principle as that. Deal with and do erratic things to get out of a false belief system, right? Put relationship with God rather than religion with God. Religion's not going to save you. It's not. And if you think it is, you're an idiot. A relationship with God is what's going to save you. It already has. All you have to do is believe and follow. Blessed is the man who believes but does not see. But then again, you Mormons don't want to believe that. You just want to get married and, and, and hopefully get to heaven because that's just what President so-and-so said. And the Book of Mormon says. But you don't want to read your Bible, the literal word of God. From Genesis to Revelations, you don't want to read it. Pathetic. Thank you for listening to this part one episode of the Lonesome Podcast. Part two is going to be up shortly. However long you're listening to this right now, it will be up. Please listen to part two. It's going to be interesting. Um, let's just cancel this right now. Let's let's end this so I can get filming part two. Thank you, guys. Amen. We did a good talk on this part, but I'm going to continue this in part two of the Lonesome Podcast. Thank you for listening to this particular episode of the Lonesome Podcast. I've been your humble host, Matt Palmer, and I will see you on the next one. Peace. That was the most weirdest outro I think I've ever filmed. What the hell?